Everybody say hi to Justin, man. You'll see her tomorrow, but uh, she's at a wedding right now, and uh, so, okay. <laughs> Justin, man, you missed about five minutes there, but we were we were praying. Okay, so um, what what we're gonna talk about here for the next little bit is, you know, I was telling the interns a while ago. I, I keep telling people this, like I've been doing full-time, student-empowered, small group-based campus ministry for almost 14 years. I know, I'm so old. I, I think I'm getting close to knowing what small group is. And, uh, you know, there's, there's this concept just in any field that you'll find, you know, who knows, who knows what electrical engineering is? You know what? I know what electrical engineering is. <laughs> At some level, I know. But who's an electrical engineer in here? Yeah, yeah well, okay, who's an engineer in here? We'll just say Woo! Yeah. Nerds. See? <laughs> yeah. Where's the library, Ian? Um, Dandos. <laughs> there's a whole different there's a whole different level between being able to say this is what engineering is as a concept and actually being able to build a building that'll actually stand. Right? There's a total different thing there. And when we talk about small group, man, there's a totally different paradigm between saying, okay, what is small group and and actually understanding the nuance of what it means and what it looks like. And honestly, when we talk about small group, we're I'm not kidding. We're not doing this yet. But I can't promise that we won't do this in the future. We're truly debating whether or not to throw out that word altogether. Um, just because it's filled with so many um, other concepts and other perspectives that we're not trying to tote, that sometimes it gets really complicated for us to say small group and take out everything that, that cultural Christianity sometimes thinks of when it says that word. So I want you, just for a few minutes, if you would, throw out everything that is comes to your mind in there, and let's kind of talk through a little bit what is small group leadership. When when Peter, when Paul, sorry, when Paul told Timothy in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, he says, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Some translations, I like the old translation that says, follow me as I follow Christ, right? There's which is a deeper relational perspective. You can have different translations depending on how you're emphasizing the Greek there. But but follow me as I follow Christ. And as you guys are going to be walking in this semester, and this semester is huge. I mean, you're going to meet new people for sure. Some of you guys may be really reaching out a lot this semester. A lot of you have people that you're like deeply walking with, and now it's like, okay, how do I fight for them in a deeper way? How do I feed them? How do I you know, grow them in their walk with the Lord? And, and you're trying to figure out what, what, are you, what are you trying to do? What is the goal here? What is the point here in all this? And um, I just want to kind of talk a little bit about that. We're going to kind of see where we go. I don't have a deeply scripted concept, but I do want to talk through just some thoughts that I've been wrestling with as I have been growing over the years in my understanding of what in the world are we trying to do. And what does this mean when we say small group. Um, so things that we often think of, at least general Christianity, and I'm not trying to say any of this is necessarily bad per se, some of this maybe will be, but but what's a common perception when we think of small group is a weekly meeting. That's what we think. That's our default. That's how we, and even when we know, you know, we've heard it, small group is not a weekly meeting, it has a weekly meeting. We've heard it, we know it, but when we think of small group, it's, it always filters through that lens. Mm-hmm. You know, some of us, some of us on staff have, have gone to just kind of making light of it when people are like, you know, we ask them like, how's small group? And they're like, well, you know, I had three guys show up, but I, was like, I didn't ask about the meeting. Mm-hmm. Like, how's small group? What is small group? Get out of that thought. Small group is not a weekly meeting. If it is, if that is all it is, it is not intrinsically relational. If that is a definition, then it is it is by definition a structure. 
and we'll get to some of this. I'm not trying to get on all this too quick here, but structures. Let me tell you, I am a structures guy. I am a systems guy. I think I would have made a great engineer if I had you know, gone that way. But I love, you know, just. Uh, my goal is at least five humbles before the night's over. So we'll see. I think I've already got two or three already. So. Maybe uh, we need to do a series on. Anybody ever read Andrew Murray's humility? Okay. Anyway. Um. I, I love it. That's that's my default. Is I think through I think through everything in a structured way. Um, but if that is our default, if that is how we think of what we're doing, in that way as not a means to what we're trying to do, but as what we're trying to do, as the end unto what we're trying to do, then we've missed the point. When I was at UNC, um, as a student, and then and then I joined staff there. My first couple of years. I tried to do small group, and by every metrics that you want to use, it was it was pretty good. I had six to twelve guys that would show up to my meeting. Uh, we talk about the Lord, <laughs> you know. We talk about the Lord. They were engaged in it. They were committed to to my group. You know, we we didn't have times where we would do things together. Sometimes we would do a special thing and we'd hang out. The thing was, at the end of the year or two years that I did that, I realized something is missing. It is not This is not working. And what I realized was I was I was doing the weekly meeting. And I was tagging on relationship into it. I was inserting that into part of it. But the guys weren't brothers. They didn't love each other. They didn't even really love me. They liked me. Some of them were really leaning on me in their faith journey. They were growing at some level of intellectual or you know, emotional health or development in their faith at some level, but they were not what I would call a small group because all that they were was a meeting. That's what they were. They were a class. Um, then I went down to Sam, kind of saw some other ways of thinking about things and doing things. I was also growing in my own convictions just from my experience of being frustrated about what is that thing that I'm trying to do that I can tell is not happening and I'm wanting? Sometimes we think a small group is a program and that can that can be a little bit better because we kind of fit relationship as relational goal, but as long as it's within the structures of the outpost. So I'm relational with people at large group, I'm relational with people at the weekly meeting, you know, so I, I fit small group and I could put it into a relational perspective, but it's all in the structure of the outpost. So if you know if they don't make an app for that, then I don't know what to do, right? If they don't make the structure for it, I don't know how to do it, right? It's instead of instead of the structures of the outpost facilitating and serving something, they are the limiting factor to something. They limit what small group is instead of accentuate what, some, what it is. Instead of pushing you to something that the structures like large group and the meeting and the resource groups and the events and the outreaches and the activities and the mission trips and the blah, blah, blah. If, if all those things in some ways limit you, it's like it's like your Devo life, right? Mm-hmm. You guys ever catch that? You know, if your Devo life is like, okay, here's my 30 minutes for the Lord, you've missed the point. It's 30 minutes so that it'll bleed yeah. into the rest of my life, right? Mm-hmm. And that intentional time is healthy, yeah. but it's not the goal. To, to The structure is not there to limit you, yeah. but to enhance you. I was I was hanging out with uh, Dick Foth this week. I got to hang out with, with the other Chi Alpha directors in Colorado uh, this week. And so I got, you know, Foth, as we say, <laughs> uh, just hanging out with him for a few days. Um and it was awesome because it, it literally was, you know, we would we would hang out with other friends of his around the, around town, but the majority of the time, about half the time, I'd say we were just it was just us and him, having lunch, hanging out in his basement, just he would ask a question or we'd ask a question and off we go for two hours, you know, and it was it was just, you know, fun. And uh, he's actually we had some conversations little side point, but he may very well be a lot more available this semester. And so we've, we're talking about anybody that 
so desires, basically his number is going to become free reign to the outpost. And you can just call him and say, hey, are you free tomorrow? I'd like to bring a couple guys over and hang out. And he'll say, well, I'm in D.C. or Oregon. Or he'll say, yeah, I'm here. Come on, you know, come hang out. So you want to talk about humble, humble Nate. I was, we were hanging out with Dick for just a minute. I just, I just think it's hilarious. I just think it's hilarious. He, Dick, at one point, just because we were like freaking out, we were like, how do you know all these people? I mean, he knows all these people. He's like, would you like to call the Secretary General uh, Jim Collins or Oz Guinness right now? And we were like, what? He's like, I got them all on speed dial. Who do you like to talk to? And we're like, okay. <laughs> Duncan and Dan just looked at each other like, where are we? <laughs> yeah. But we get to hang out with them. It's pretty cool. So, um, but he was talking. Here's this guy. You know, he's super influential. Why is he influential? It's simply because of this. Because his whole life story is about teaching the church how to be relational. That is his bread and butter. That is his life message. And he's taught it to everyone from the secretary of the Navy to the freshman college student. He doesn't care. He just wants to talk about what does it mean to have meaningful relationships in the kingdom of God. And and he has this little thing... um, that he, he tells guys, he's like, when he was in D.C., he wasn't originally, he was always kind of intuitively relational, but he, he didn't understand it as a real conviction of his life. And he was in D.C., and he was trying to figure out, like, how do I do this? How do I befriend, like, the most powerful people in the world? You know, like, how do I just, like, buddy up to that? Like, I don't have any clue what I'm doing. And the, the chaplain for the Senate he was sitting down with, with for Congress, actually, the whole thing, but... But uh, he was sitting down with this guy and, and said, you know, what, how do we do this? And, and the guy said, well, you just make a friend. And, and Dick said, well, you know, okay, but, I mean, you have an agenda, right? And the guy said, well, no. Like, Dick said, like, your, Jesus is your agenda, right? And he said, no, Jesus is my life. Right, and, he, and that's not to say, if you really break down what is an agenda, at some point, everybody has an agenda to everything. Like, you're sitting here because there's some level of agenda, like at some level. But what he was saying was, if your agenda is a is task, if the person in front of you is a project, you've missed the point. Because it ceases to be relationally focused. And, and if... If it's relationship, that is so much more organic. It's so much more natural. You don't have to come in with this, you know, this laundry list of this is what I'm going to do and this is what I'm going to teach you today and this is what. Yeah. Now you might have an agenda that is relational, to say, as Jesus said, go and make disciples, which is say, I want this to happen and you need to be intentional. But the difference is, one person is saying, I want you to be my brother, and I want you to be my brother means I want you to draw so close to Jesus that you have the same love for him that I have, and we can be closer because of it. Yeah. And the other one is to say, I want to put a notch on my belt for what I accomplished this year in your life, and you're just my means to do it. One's about me, one's about them. One's relational, one's structural. And again, the structures can be good. They're great. Sometimes the Christian world has gone the other way. They're like, you know, structure is bad, you know, instead of realizing it's a means to it instead of the end unto itself. And so, and so here we are, and we are people who have the heart to say, hey, we want to make disciples. But if my heart is to say, hey, I'm focused on you so I can do this program, so I can do this task, so I can get you to my event and my meeting, that we've missed the point. Mm. If we can't just be brothers, if we can't just yeah. love people. Mm-hmm. And and so I want to kind of look at that just a little bit. If you do anything, this is maybe just a little bit of a litmus test to what we're talking about here, but if you do anything, and this is just a question for you to think through the semester as you're going through things, but anything you do, is this, is my heart relationally driven or organizationally driven. Mm-hmm. And it's not that you shouldn't be at large group, and that is organizational. Yeah, mm-hmm. right? I mean, yes. But is your purpose for being there because I'm checking off the to-do lists, or is it because I really want to connect 
deeper with this other guy, and this is going to give me a means to do that, mm. right? One, you walk away with, and nobody's life will ever be changed because you're there. The other one, somebody may draw closer to you and or to your God in the process. Yeah. Um, Yeah, okay. You guys with me? Yeah. Yeah. Not following? All right. Um, small group is what? So what are we talking about when we talk about small group? I'm actually going to get a little bit broader than that. But when we talk about go make disciples, and this is, you know, we're, we're going to talk about, like, the strategy for this week and the semester and some of these things. We're going to get to that. But I just want to kind of beat that drum until it really resonates in our hearts that... For us, this this is the goal. Yeah. This is yeah. the agenda. And this is broader than just how many people show up to the weekly meeting, even though that's there to serve it. But discipleship is go, you know, go make what? Go make what? When when Jesus what does it mean to make disciples? Well, one way of thinking about it, I think I even have a little slide for that maybe. But um, yeah, you keep going. Yeah, keep going. We'll get to that. Discipleship is about making someone have a love relationship with God as their Lord and Savior of their life, and then to love people as an outflow of that relationship. You know, when when we say that, when we talk about that, you know, if you guys have been around me lately, you know, last couple of years I've been talking a lot about the prayer of Jesus in John's gospel, like, may they be one as we are one. May they be in us as I am in you. Jesus is basically saying all of this, all of this is about relationship. The kingdom of God is not, does not include relationship. The kingdom of God is relationship. It's all about relationship. Well, I can have a relationship without the kingdom of God. It's not the way we're talking. Because what we're talking about is connecting to the source of relationship itself. Mm. And through connecting to the source, we ourselves find we're tethered to each other in a greater way. And that can only happen through drawing close to him. But everything's about relationship. The kingdom of God is relationship. It's not added into relationship or a component of of the kingdom. And so when we're looking at this, let's just think through that in that way. Mm. When Jesus said, you know, what is the greatest commandment? What is it? Right. And second, can you have love without a relationship? Not really. No. Love, by its very nature, is a relational concept. And so when we talk about love people and love our God, we're talking about relationship in the process. Um, and so often we can find ourselves with the best of intentions, myself included, you know, in, in this concept of small group leading, I can find myself so easily, so quickly, trying to make disciples in a non-relational way. Mm-hmm. Right? Try to get them to love God and love people without creating a love relationship. Yeah. Try to disconnect the two. Mm. And when... <clears throat> You know, and these things, again, they're not bad. They're good things. They can be good things. But, you know, if we think that discipleship is a class, a course, a series of lessons, concepts that I'm going to teach you, and I don't connect it, I can't tether it to my life, to your life, to this togetherness, that I've missed the point. I'm trying to teach you to do something that I'm not doing. I can't teach you something I'm not doing yourself. And so, you know, when Jesus said that command, like, hey, you need to have this heart. Make disciples. That should be your heartbeat. That should be, you know, it, in a relational sense, if there is an agenda, to make that, to do that. But it's in a relational framework, in a relational lens. When he's saying, I just want you to love people so deeply that they want to love me and that we're gonna, I'm going to fight for you. You know, that's the question from the, the senator of, of, you know, the U.S. or the chaplain. When he says, oh, it's just my life. you, know, you got to ask the question, okay, that's fine. Is that your life? Does Jesus come up naturally without 
You know, because either he's not your life and he just never comes up, or he is your life and you're just too scared. But there's something that's keeping you from it. Because if he is your life, then he's just going to come up. You're just going to bring him up. You're just going to want to talk about it. And so we can let it rest in that. We can just be friends and fight for them in that deeper way. Um, but when Jesus said, go make disciples, there was, a, there was an imagery. We sometimes take that concept and we take it away from that first century concept. When Jesus said, go make disciples, that was deeply layered in its understanding. It was deeply nuanced to the disciples who had hung out with Jesus for three years, yeah. day in and day out. There wasn't just like, okay, make disciples. How do I do that? <laughs> I don't really know how to do that, Jesus. Like, can you give me like a lesson plan? He had given them the lesson plan. Yeah. He had given them the how-to. Yeah. And when he said, go make disciples, they knew exactly what yes. to do. Yes. They'd been doing it for three years. Yeah. He was just saying, go and replay, repeat. Yeah. And so what happens? They do. And we see it in Acts 2. And we've gone through the, this whole last semester, right? What happens? Acts 2. Yeah, we'll get to that. Sorry. <laughs> Acts 2. I'm, I'm all over the place here. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings and the fellowship. And you could say the rest of this is something of an expression of those two concepts. The fellowship and the teaching. So through the fellowship and through the relationship with the apostles, they were being taught these values and they were expressing these values in community. And what did it look like? The breaking of bread, the prayer together. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs that were being performed. The Holy Spirit's flowing through them, through that fellowship and the teachings by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. There was sacrifice. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. They were living life together. They were constantly being together. They were not just in the structures of the ministry. Yeah, I'm going to the temple. I'll see you next temple. You know, like. No, they're like, well, hey, you know. What you doing tomorrow night? Come over to dinner. Let's hang out. Let's spend time. Let's do life, not just in the structured things, although those are good too, but in the non-structured, in the life that is ministry and in the life that wasn't ministry. And you know, I I love I love serving and sacrificing for people in, in ministry stuff. I give uh, sacrificially to missions regularly. I love that. I do that. But some of my favorite times, some of my most relational things are when I, I give to people, not to go to a conference, not to go on a mission trip, not to do that, although I want that and I encourage you to do that. But some of my favorite times are when I just sacrifice for people in a relational way because, hey, guess what? They got a wedding coming up and they need a little more for their wedding ring. Or when they're going, you know, I had Duncan and I were hanging out and he was telling the story to Foth here a couple of days ago about how you know, he wanted to propose to Lori, but he didn't have the money, and his small group got together and said, hey, she was doing a give a year in Jordan, and his small group got together and said, we'll buy your plane ticket if you can buy the ring. And they flew him over there, and he showed up and, you know, showed up at the door. She thought he was like the shawarma guy. Uh, <laughs> so she opens the door, and, you know, the Middle East for women, you know, they're, they're not supposed to look at a man eye to eye. That's like, that's inappropriate intimacy, so... She was looking down at his feet, and she was like, I know those shoes. Oh, I know those shoes. Yeah. Looked up, there's Duncan, and he proposes on the spot. Right? So I love that stuff so much, right? And here they are. They're just hanging out when they have need, not talking like just like, you know, you know, systematic things, but like in yeah. life, they're leaning on each other. Yeah. In the joys and the sorrows and the needs and the opportunities. Praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And through that and in that... The Lord added to their numbers daily those who were being saved. Mm-hmm. All right. So when the disciples heard, go and make disciples, they knew exactly how to teach that and what it should look like. And they began, now in the power of the Holy Spirit, to begin to lead in that in the community. And that's what the community looked like. And so we start to see what does it look like to be a small group. Um so what do we say? Sometimes we say this, Ian, if you want to jump back one. What is small group? If you want like a definition of sorts, we kind of use this one. Small group is a community of people around the leader's life who are leaning on each other in the pursuit of Christ. Yeah. A community of people leaning on each other in the pursuit of Christ. And so 
When we talk about small group, don't say, yeah, small group was great last night. It's like, why was it great last night and not today? It's like saying, yeah, marriage was great last night. <laughs> Did you have a fight this morning? Like, why is it not good right now? Like, you know, like small group is more than that. And I get it. I get the, you know, practically, I understand like the language. I'm not, but, but we need to understand what the core yeah. heart of this is, yeah. right? Like what we're, what we are really saying. Yeah. And make sure that when we're just trying to clarify, yeah, I had my meeting last night, that we aren't actually seeping in something of that mindset. Like, oh yeah, that was my small group last night, so now it's not now, right? We need to be people who are about relationship, life together, sacrificing, serving, loving, honoring, and through the community of this, and fighting for them, transformation happens. And so, that's a little bit of of where we're at. We're gonna keep moving here. Um, um, that's not. No, I'm kind of harping on like the weekly meeting course. I, that's not my goal or the programs or the outposts. You guys understand. We love those. We need those. Because here's the thing. There's a reason why uh, we actually do leadership. Uh, you know, if this is if this is what it is, fine. Go and do likewise. I'll <laughs> preach a sermon. I'll preach a whole series of sermons on it, if that's all it would take. Yeah. And you guys will go do that, and the campus will be reached. The problem is, anyone who is has ever been an athlete knows, until you have a team who are all striving together with, with some rhythms, it's 4 o'clock on Tuesday. I got to be out at the field in 20 minutes because we got, you know, warm up and then practice and then, you know, if we don't have some rhythms that we kind of, you know, that's where the, the community helps each other. To, you know, hey, it's, you know, 10 o'clock on Wednesday. I got to be in the in the weights to, you know, lift with so-and-so. Those rhythms help us grow in a way that we won't otherwise. How many of you guys have ever been an athlete and thought, you know what, I'm going to stay in this type of shape as, even though the season's ending? And, you know, three weeks after the season, you're like, ah, it's the couch is so comfortable. <laughs> You know, it's another season of, I don't know what's out there. So, you, you know, we all kind of get it, right? The athlete is never as strong unless the season's in play and there's a team around you and there's some structures to, to push you and there's some coaches to guide you and there's some things going on. We need those things. But if we think that those things are what we're trying to do, we miss the point. Yeah, that's good. And that's and that's the trick. Yeah. Because the rest of this weekend and really as we go through the semester, we're gonna be as your coaches and your guys and your lifting instructors and your you know and the game is playing and we're out there. We are going to be going through all those things. But I just want to start the semester by let us let us say let us keep the main thing the main thing. Yeah. And and I have seen so often it can be so easy for us to compartmentalize life together from people and I have my brothers and then I have the ones that I'm ministering to instead of seeing it as I am fighting for people that are becoming my brothers so I'm fighting for them to have a deeper relationship with me you know I'm um, I'm dreaming I, I dream about so many things here in Colorado, and it's it's been fun. I've been talking with a number of leaders around the world and here in the state, and you know we're dreaming about the day when we have 10 Kaiafas in Colorado, and and every one of them is making disciple makers, and we're graduating hundreds of people who know what it's like and have experienced what it means to make disciples. And all of a sudden, the church world is, is literally, I almost have to be hesitant about sharing too much about some of the things we're dreaming about. Because if I tell any pastor, they instantly are like, how can I connect with your students? You know, I'm like, well, okay, you need to get some things going on in your church. And we need to figure out some things about on our side. And we can do this together. But we can literally change the course of the culture of Colorado if we were to do it together. If we were to... to partner in, in churches, when you graduate and partnering, if, you know, imagine if five, ten of you, twenty of you went to the same part of, you know, 
East Boulder and did a church together and had a church and you guys were like love, loving each other still and doing life together and fighting for your engineering firm and your you know people at the gym and people in, and and all of a sudden what happens like the thing that and this is in cross cultural missions too let me tell you the thing that in missions is most wanted is most needed is the same thing it's discipleship it's mm-hmm. just making disciple makers the next 30 years of Christianity will either thrive or flounder based on how do we do at empowering people for discipleship. Mm. That will decide the future of Christianity for the next generation. And a lot of people are starting to realize that. And the beauty of what we do is this is the best time of your life to do it. This is the best moment in your life to learn it. If you try to learn it later, it gets harder. And it's not that you shouldn't and you can't, but it's harder because you start adding other things, mortgages and kids and spouse and things. And all of a sudden you're trying to figure out these principles that if you learn them now, you can add those things and it all accentuates it and it all beautifies it and it all deepens it. But if you do it outside of it, it starts to delineate it and it gets difficult. You have more to try to figure out as you're doing it. So learn it now. Learn how to love people well. Learn how to fight for people now. Learn how to do this well this life together. You have the capacity in this time. You know, I'm dreaming about, you know, the same thing with missions. I mean, we have a whole world right now. And we were, Duncan got to hang out with with uh, Winky Prattney over break. Um, he thought he would, yeah, he thought he might get a little time to say hi to him. Turned out he, he just a moment in time and him and Josh Nicholas ended up having seven hours with him. They just hung out like the whole day. They didn't realize they were getting to do that. And and Winky, who is certainly from from as far as his age, I know there's younger and flashier, newer uh, leaders in Christianity these days. But as far as like the long-term legacy of Christianity, he is by far one of the most influential Christians that is still alive. Yeah. Um. And and he said, you know what? I'm devoting the last years of my life to Chi Alpha. Um. And Duncan was like, cool. <laughs> but, you know, just just asking, like, why? I mean, I think it's awesome. I love it, but why? And you guys understand we have to be careful. Like, you know, this isn't about us building our kingdom, about God's kingdom. But but it was like, well, okay, why, why are you doing that? And he said... And he, this, and Winky is huge in history of Christianity. He, his big theme is like revivals throughout history. Nobody probably knows more about the nuances of revivals throughout the last 2,000 years than him. Yeah. And and he said, I I think that the same spirit that the Lord, spirit of of the Salvation Army is on Chi Alpha. I think that's what's in store for you guys, and I want to be a part of it, and I want to pour into it. Wow. And. So he's like, you know, he's he's died four times, so it's it's not a huge amount of time, probably, you know. <laughs> he's had four strokes. He's had four strokes, and he's he's fight, you know. But the winky juice, the winky juice keeps bringing him back, man. Just keeps bringing him back. But um, but it was a pretty powerful thing, you know. Robbie Zacharias. Ravi International, some of you guys who know that what that is, Ravi International has gone hold of Chi Alpha and said, we bas- basically like, hey, we want to partner with Chi Alpha. We want you to be our liaisons to the universities in the U.S. We made a mistake ignoring you guys in the past. We want you to be our our focus. So so don't don't hold your breath. There's going to be a lot of Chi Alphas asking for Ravi all of a sudden. But, but, but it's just a cool moment in time. And you guys are, are part of something, and you know we keep sensing, and this isn't just Chi Alpha, this is ministries across the board, crew, university, uh, you know, all, almost all of us have been sensing uh, just this sense the Lord is like going to stir something, start something, do something in the near future. The great student awakening. Yeah. But you know it's going to be needed for that. If a thousand people got saved tomorrow, nothing would happen. Unless we have the people to walk with them and lead them, yes. so we need disciple makers, yes. Yes. and that's our and that's our vision. We want to transform the campus because one, first and foremost, that's what I love and that's that's who I care about and that's what I want to see happen. 
But it's also because if we transform the campus, we'll change the culture of Christianity in, in Colorado and we'll see the world changed from yes. this place. Awesome. And to do that, you know, we're dreaming of the day that we have enough people who are taking responsibility in their faith that every person on this campus is connected to somebody that's fighting for them. And so that's what responsibility is. When we talk about you know one of our core values, what is responsibility? To take responsibility in your life is to learn to be a minister in your world. Those structures are simply here to help you. Mm-hmm. <coughs> but we want you to be a minister to your world. And and that's a little different than saying we want you to be a small group leader. Mm-hmm. If you're a small group leader, that means you try to get a bunch of people to the weekly meeting because that's the only way you can contextualize what a small group is. So you try to get them there. And then you either get them there and you have an event and they're not relationally connected to you or they are relationally connected to you, but you never minister outside of that two-hour window because that's what you're being asked to do. Really what we're asking you to do is, is to be a minister to your world. Yeah. And I want to just look at for a few minutes more that I've got here. You guys doing okay? Yeah. 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 With me? For a few minutes here, I'm just going to run through just a couple thoughts here. I'm going to use a whiteboard. I know my handwriting. It hasn't gotten better on it. Donald! Are you going to write in English this time? Maybe. It looks like English to me, but it may look like Russian to Eric. All right. Um... So we want to turn off that yeah. bad boy there. Yeah. All right. It's a circle. Sort of. It's as close as I get. All right. <laughs> All right, this here, this here is your world. <laughs> this is your world. Can you describe me? Oh, it's all right. You'll just have to, yeah, I know. Ask for the, ask the Holy Spirit for our interpretation. <laughs> So, here's, I just want to talk a little bit about the layers of life. <laughs> the layers of life. In your world, here's, here's your world. What's in, what's in your world? What are, what are components, if you will, to your world? People. School. Roommates. Air. Roommates. Work. Family. Work, family. <laughs> what? What else? Zach. Zach. Show that Eric said Jessamine. <laughs> All right, yeah, yeah, girlfriends, relationships, uh, hobbies, maybe. Cool. Okay. All right. All right. Sweet. When we talk about your worlds, there's, there's. <laughs> There's kind of two things we're talking about. There's kind of two things we're talking about. One, one thing we're talking about is we're talking about all of that. And here's the thing. If small group is just a weekly meeting, if it is just the structures of the outpost, and actually that probably should be part of the huh, outpost, outpost events, and then, you know, outpost. Um, so, so if it's just that, what does small group have to do with anybody? Well, maybe. maybe <laughs> <laughs> what, what does what does 
you know, small group have to do with work? Nothing. Nothing. What does that have to do with family? Probably very little. School? Well, once I get a few names, then not really anything. Roommates? Maybe. Depends who I'm living with. Girlfriend? Maybe. Hobbies? <laughs> Probably not. Small group has, has very, it's become so easy to say it, to get disconnected from life. We don't want, we want you to learn to be a minister, not just lead a weekly meeting. We want you to be a minister in your life, yeah. which means we want you to, to minister to the people at your work, to love them. We want you to pray for your family when they're going through a hard time and something comes up. We want you to take hold of Zach when he's not, you know, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he's so godly, I can't yeah, think anything to say. So, <laughs> we want you to be befriending people around school. We want you to, you know, on and on it goes. We want this to be more. And whether or not that has anything to do with your weekly meeting. Whether or not it has anything to do with your weekly meeting. It's good. The other part of your world is probably in this component here. There is that part that is, um, I'll just call it intentional. Outreach. And my pen is going out, so. Intentional outreach. So there, there obviously is stuff like, you know, Welcome Week. Uh, if you go on a missions trip, it's like this isn't your world. You know, those freshmen are kind of in your world. It's your campus. But at some level, like we understand, we're asking you for an intentional, like, investment into this community here that's not necessarily your natural world. Yeah. But, and this, and this is important. This is vital because let me tell you. We, our hope, thank you, Zach, look at, look at Zach. <laughs> Coming in with a clutch. All right. But, but, it's so easy for us just to be like, okay, that, that is all that ministry means to me, is when the outpost structures it. Now we're doing an outreach. <laughs> I was a corner, not a receiver. I just I swatted them down. Okay. Um, that was at least four or five, right? At least four. All right, all right. Just a few more thoughts, and then we're going to wrap up here. A few more thoughts here. All right. Uh, I missed you guys. <laughs> It is so easy for us to say, okay, well, we've got this structured event or this missions outreach or this, you know, contact table or this prairie thing. Yeah. And that and that becomes ministry only in the program. Well, instead of saying, hey, we want to teach you how to be a disciple maker and want you to reach out to your work. Now, you can't minister, you can't. Do small group with all with small group with all these people. Zach only has seven nights a week, right? So you can't come to all of these. So you can't do all of that. And there are and there are layers to this, and we get that. Um, but this is just what I'm going to call outreach. And when I say outreach, I'm not even talking about this intentional outreach here. But these are the people that, as you minister, you find, man. I think that they're ready for something. I've got this classmate who, you know, I just, there was a moment and I talked to him after class and we got into this deep discussion and I think, I think he is ready. And I was able to minister to him and he was really into it. And all of a sudden, okay, now, now he's part of this like deeper circle. I'm just ministering whenever and wherever I can, right? Like to these people here, mm-hmm. right? I draw, I draw blood. I have a blood disorder and, you know, I'll, I'll draw Blood. I, for in fact, for like two years, I was drawing blood every week, right? A pint of blood, if you can believe that. I was losing a pint every week, and and um, you know, I, it was amazing. I had these opportunities to minister to these like to the people that were like drawing my blood. Like I got to pray with one lady, and I got to talk about the Lord with multiple others, and and you know, they're just like you know, taking my blood, and I'm just you know stuck there, and we're just talking, right? I'm not. They're not in my small group, right? 
a bunch of 30-something women. I'm not going <laughs> to... Lindsay probably wouldn't love that either. I, yeah, I, I wouldn't blame her. But I'm this, I get a chance to minister, right? But, but I'm gonna. But you're always, you're always fighting for this. Yeah. You're always fighting to push them deeper. Okay. So we're gonna, get, we're gonna get a little bit further. This is um, people who lean on you. Uh, I'm losing space. Lean on you <laughs> for faith. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll take a picture for you, Jasmine. All right. That won't help either. But, but then there's this inner circle of people who are like, these are the ones who are like, are, you're like intentionally, actively ongoing, pouring into them, and they, they're leaning on you for their faith journey. They're, they're Paul and Timothy, follow me as I follow Christ, right? They have that relationship. And then there's actually even a deeper circle in here, which is where I would call small group is there. Small group is when you actually get a group of people who are, who are around your life, part of your world, right? But they've gone so far in here. They're part of your life. They're around your life, and they're leaning on each other in the pursuit yeah. of Christ. Good. And that's where small group is. Mm-hmm. But if we only talk about this right down there, we circumvent so often all of this, and we don't do any of this, yeah. and we just try to get them to the meeting. Instead of realizing that this is simply an outflow of a life that is constantly yeah. pushing people mm-hmm. deeper and deeper mm-hmm. into a relationship with you, a relationship with each other, yeah. a relationship with your God. That's good. You can do small group with all, all of this, but it will never be relational. Or you'll be frustrated because... The welcome week event didn't work out the way you thought, so you have to wait till next fall. This, this is a lifestyle, and this will always lead to this eventually. But that's not even necessarily the goal, although it's a goal, because that is a community of people where you're real brothers, and your heart is to say, "I'm leaning on you, and you're leaning on me." The thing about this is, you have people in your small group, you have people that go to your weekly meeting that aren't in your small group. Yeah. Based on this, mm-hmm. they're coming, but they're not leaning on you, and they're not leaning on each other. Maybe they're leaning here. Maybe they're leaning on you, maybe. Mm-hmm. But they're not leaning on each other. They're just like, yeah, I'm coming to you. I don't care about any of these other people. They haven't learned how to care yeah. about community, That's right? That's right. That's right. So they're coming to your weekly meeting, but they're not in your small group. Yeah. They're not around your life. You're not a community yet. Small group is a community of people that are leaning on each other in the pursuit of Christ. You're just the nucleus that's keeping everything gelling and moving. One of the best moments as a small group leader is when I call a small when I was a small group leader was when I call my small group guy up and he's like, Oh, I'm hanging out with so and so, so and so and so and so. And part of me is a little hurt because they never invited me. <laughs> Am I not cool anymore? Um, and part of me is doing jump like flips because I suddenly realized they're becoming a community. Yes. Right? They're becoming a group that even when I'm not around all the time, it's not about me. It's about Jesus. And they're gelling together without me and with me. When we come out to here, we're like, okay, I'm reaching out. But, you know, we have we only have so much time in a day. We only have so many people. Right? And so, we, you know, when we make disciples, how do you decide? You know, you could you could fight for that one person and, and maybe something might happen. But, you know, there's a whole world out there. And... And you do have to sometimes prioritize where you invest your time and energy. And, you know, you're students, you're busy, you've got lots going on. Like, there's only so much you can do. That's why we talk about, like, hey, you know, an outreach, you know, focus on the ones who love, who are interested in you, Jesus, and your community. They're open to those three, and they want one of those. When they're okay with you, Jesus, and your community, and they want one of those, you keep pushing them further in. And all of a sudden, you know, they really want, they're out here, and you minister to them, and they're, you had a moment, and they're like, I really like you, I really am curious about Jesus, 
you get them to hang out with your community and all of a sudden it's like, okay, stuff you're kind of pushing forward. And the closer they get to really wanting that, the closer in they go and the more time you give them. We found oftentimes small group leaders do the reverse. It's like, oh, they came to our, my events, you know, twice over the last month. So I stopped paying attention to them. I keep reaching out to the other people. <clears throat> Don't do that. Prioritize the amount of quantity of time based on the ones who are starting to engage you. The more, you know, you got to, you got to pursue. You always have to pursue for a season. But then prioritize the ones who really want it. Does that kind of make sense? In outreach, those who have, uh, you know, your three core criteria, invite to your community, hang with them, let them teach you something, bring up Jesus, you know, in, in the community time, in your pursuit of hanging out with them in the dorms or going to their class or going, you know, grabbing lunch with them or whatever it is you know you keep you keep reaching out here but the more that they want what you're offering to draw them closer the more you start prioritizing them and out here you know on the fringe here out here you're just looking for opportunities you're not intentionally ministering to anybody you're just looking for opportunities where god gives you a moment it's like talking to the girl who's drawing my blood right it's kind of a morbid moment you know but all of a sudden i realize like she's got Something's going on. I'm like, can I pray for you? And she's like, yeah, that'd be awesome, right? I, I'm just looking for a moment. I'm not walking in there being like, hey, I'm going to minister to this crew, you know, the the blood ladies today, right? And I just... Okay. That was better in my head. Okay. That just sounds weird. That just sounds weird. Okay, so, but you're pulling them in. But here, here you're starting to intentionally reach out, right? But sometimes out here, it's like, man, you know, I'm just texting you. At first, you reach out. You're always, first, when you have a contact, when you have a name, when you get a number, when you get somebody, when you make a connection, you first have to pursue. Jesus first pursued us. We have to first pursue. But in that pursuit, you're just really trying to build that relationship and see how much potential there is. And if there isn't much potential for them to connect with you, your community, or Jesus, then they're less they're less ready for what you're offering. And so you keep investing more of your energy based on how relational, how much relational potential is there with those people. Mm-hmm. And you keep pushing further. And you find some who really are engaging, you push them closer. And all of a sudden, they start to really rely on you in their journey with the Lord, and you keep pushing further. And then all of a sudden, they start learning to love the community around your life because they start to love you because they're starting to learn about Jesus. And at the end, they realize they love Jesus because they love your community because they loved you because you pursued them, because they were open to it. Does that kind of make sense? All right. So, as we walk in this semester, you know, I, I don't know if I even want to say this per se. It is a, you know, an army conversation, but, you know, we to get this campus to where every person on this campus would have a relational tether to someone, who is taking responsibility to be a minister to their world. It take about 600 <coughs> Christians on this campus who have real responsibility in their life. Um, that would, that's a lot. We have a good room here, but we don't have 600. And we don't have close to that. Mm-hmm. But we could get there. Mm-hmm. We could get there. And it's not all about numbers. I'm not trying to be like, oh, it's all about, you know, growing the leadership team. No, growing the leadership team is all about reaching the campus. Yeah. 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 But there's no way we're going to reach the campus without doing it, so we got to do it. It's one of the things. It's not the thing. It's not the goal. It's a means to the goal. Yeah. All right. It's good. And, and we could do it. If every person in this room replicated themselves twice over on average in 10 years, we would get there. Twice over before you graduate, not this year. If you, gra- if you replicated yourself with people who had a responsibility twice over in 10 years, we'd have enough people to actually say every person know somebody who's fighting for the campus mm-hmm. relationally not just like oh yeah I know the name of the minister over you know, but actually relationally tethered to somebody mm-hmm. so when they start going through a crisis of faith that person could pick up on it and catch them mm-hmm. when they break up with their boyfriends they're there mm-hmm. to like mm-hmm. you know, maybe they're out here mm-hmm. but they're in their world and all of a sudden they're catching it you know even even so easy with us here we're missing so many people out here because we're not looking. We're just looking for the meeting. So as we walk in this semester, let's just be a community of people who want to be ministers to our world. 
administer relationally, sharing the love of Christ. Always in a relational thought. But relationship, ministry to relationship always means we're always trying to draw the relationship into more relationship, deeper, right? That's why if people do ministry, like, oh, my ministry is just to, you know, this, that, or the other. Not that these are bad or good, but like, you know, the the super evangelist or the, you know, the the healing guy or things like that. The Lord uses them. I get it. But, But there's no way they're trying to do those things and hoping for ongoing relationship. There's no way Billy Graham could have ever done that, right? It's he he was doing it a needed thing because the church wasn't being as relational as it should. It would always be better with the relationship. Yes. It's always better that way. Yeah. Because you don't take out relationship from the goal of making disciples. And so we want a community who's gonna transform this campus that way. So good. Yeah. Amen? Well, okay. Yeah. All right, you guys have been patient with me. Let's Let's pray for just a moment, and I'm going to have you guys, uh, the rest of the night here, you guys are going to get released into your resource groups, and uh, uh, the girls, give me a minute, I'm going to be trading with uh, child care downstairs, and they're going to come up, but just go ahead and get it in your resource group, and I just want to ask resource groups, if you guys would talk for a few minutes, just talk on this question, what, what is God wanting to do through you this semester, do you think? What are you dreaming about for this semester? What is God doing through you? What has he done in you? He does through you, right? We say that a lot. What God has done in you, he's transformed your life. He's changed your life. He's redeemed your life. What does he want to do through you? How does he want to do that? I think he's wanting me to bring so-and-so to him so that God can do that to him. You know, or so, so what is he, you know, I want to grow, you know, so-and-so has a walk with the Lord, but they, want, they need to grow in that responsibility, right? What is God wanting to do through you this semester? And just kind of talk about it just for a few minutes. And if you guys would, would pray with each other and just pray into that. And if the resource leaders have any other guidance or direction, that's great. Um, if it's long, that's fine. If it's short, uh, you, know, you guys could go do something else. Uh, the night is really released to you. When you guys are done as a resource group, you're released for the night. Go home, get some sleep. We'll see you in the morning. Um, but we want to just spend some time tonight as we are together. You've gotten to have some dinner and hang out with us, you've listened to me draw on for a little bit, so let's just hang out and be, you know, Acts 2 together, be yeah. community for a little bit or however long you've got. And, uh, but let's be a community who are focused on relationship, and not just friendship, not just acquaintance, not just relationships built on affinity. Yeah, you like the same video games I do. <laughs> but let's be a community who know what it's like to fight for people and love people, and seek for them to become our brothers and our sisters, and have that vision, and have that heart, and fight for them in a love, for a love that would say, God, I want this person to be my brother. I want them to be my sister. I want our lives to be drawn that much closer because of it. And let's see this university transformed as a result. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Lord, we love you. We thank you just for this group of young men and women who have been willing to sacrifice, who have who have counted the cost and realized that to have a legacy in your kingdom is the most eternal thing that they could do outside of just drawing in closer into their relationship with you. Mm-hmm. And Lord, we just pray that you would go before them. Lord, as students, transfer students are coming in, Lord, I pray that just they would meet them in classes mm-hmm. and dining halls and university rhythms. Lord, as students are needing you and are ready, Lord, I pray that you would just lead these students' steps. Holy Spirit, guide them. And Lord, I'm not praying for it to always be easy. Lord, I pray that our students would learn what it's like to be ministers in their world to stretch outside of the comfort of what they know or what they're comfortable with, but, Lord, to say, Lord, you are greater, and I just want to love you, whether it's in relationship with those in this room that we already have a relationship with or with somebody new that you see in your class next week. Lord, I pray that you would guide them in that heart. And, Lord, we do. We pray our focus would always be on you first and foremost. Draw us closer to you so we can draw people to you. But not even for that sake, Lord. 
help us draw people close to you so we would draw close to you in the journey of doing it with you. Mm -hmm. Lord, because ultimately, it's about you. Mm -hmm. We want relationship with you, God. Help us fall deeper in love with you. Help us fall back in love with you. Help us to love deeper. Mm -hmm. Help us remember our first love. Help us to Mm -hmm. expound on that love. Help us, God. Don't leave us, God. We're a dry well without you. Fill us up to overflowing. Fill us deep. Fill us wide. May we soak with the joy and the peace and the love that comes from your presence. Holy Spirit, fill us. Fill us anew. Fill us afresh, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.